You are listening to the Photobomb podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry, and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Hello there. And with us today in the studio is Rob Mormon. Good morning. Say hello, Rob. Rob is a a photographer extraordinaire, owns a studio, freestanding studio in St. Petersburg, Florida. We're going to talk a little bit about that in just a few minutes because I know that that you, uh, like even more so than me, you're a guy who does everything. Yes. Yes, and you're a big proponent of doing everything. And so we're going to talk, in particular, I want to ask you a little bit about that. But I want to start out today by talking about something I saw on the way to shoot a wedding this last weekend. Okay. Now, I'm driving down towards the beach, crowded, you know, busy road, stop and go. I look over to my left, there's a guy in a 1979 green Mustang convertible, okay? Okay. I want to say no, I want to say maybe mid-80s green Mustang convertible. Okay. He, uh, he's wearing a wife beater t-shirt. Classic. Classic. Classic wife beater t-shirt. He's smoking. Mm-hmm. On the steering wheel, he has a steering wheel wrap. That is leopard print. Oh, I was going to say snakeskin. No, I was so le- close. Leopard print. <laughs> but no, but here, here, here's the trifecta of I'm never going to get laid. On the strap, he's got the matching leopard skin strap thing that you know to keep you from like on that women seat, wear the on the seatbelt on the seatbelt strap. Oh, the seat he's got cover. the matching yeah. leopard skin that matches you know to keep him. I don't know because women sometimes have them because they're softer. But this guy, I don't know. He had to be borrowing his girlfriend's I, I car. Don't, with the, I don't. Assuming a know, guy like that has a the, girlfriend. But the I'm just assumption saying. is maybe he borrowed his girlfriend's underwear that matched. I don't know. I'm just saying <laughs> if there was ever a guy who is not going to get laid, it is the guy in the wife beater T-shirt with the leopard skin print steering wheel, leopard skin matching strap. I mean, is there anything else you could possibly add to this mix? Um, no, I got nothing. I mean, that's underwear. it. Was he underwear. a ginger? That's <laughs> worse. <laughs> if he was a ginger, that might be worse. I'm just saying. I'm looking over at the guy. I'm like, you poor, poor guy. Aww. You're just never. I mean, you're. You know, he was. He was so far gone. Maybe he, that was his intention. Maybe he'd been in a bad deal. And you said, don't know. Screw it. I'll he's do what trying I want. to. He's trying to. He's, he's going his own way. He's a lone wolf. He's a lone wolf. Maybe <laughs> he just stole it. <laughs> Is there anything you had, like when you were in high school? Looking back now, when you were in high school, was there anything you wore or you did or you had in your car that you thought? was really cool yes that would be like this is so cool and now looking back you're like oh my god it was it was a, a repulsion absolutely i was in i was in high school in the 90s remember right so there was a there was a, a lot of uh god this is really embarrassing there are a lot of people bleaching the tips of their hair yes i had that i, had, I was in the 80s and I, had I had bleached that. tips yeah it came back you know like right. sugar ray and i had like right. <laughs> right. i had the mark mcgrath like chin goatee and and the brown hair with the blonde spikes wow. i swear to god there are pictures <laughs> Of oh, me like that. In the late 80s, early 90s, I had a mullet. And it was you had, long oh. enough to turn into a ponytail. Oh, dude, I rocked the mullet. Don't oh, tell right. me. Don't tell Listen, don't even for a second try and tell me that the mullet wasn't popular. Oh, the okay. mullet worked. The I mullet rocked the mullet. In, I right? would have a mullet today if, yes. they, if I could have a mullet. According I love to my last mullet. trip to Walmart, the mullet's coming back. I love the mullet. <laughs> and, my, and my mullet was long enough to have a ponytail. Yes, I had a ponytail mullet. Absolutely. That's pretty epic. If you're, I wearing, it. If you're wearing a mullet, you're usually selling crack. And it's not the illegal kind. It's the pants too low. the pants are too low. Here's the funny thing about a mullet about the the delusion that has to go into having a mullet because 
you it, you don't just wake up one day and have a mullet. No, That's no, it, it's you have cultivated. to plan it. It's cultivated. You have to plan yeah. it. So you have to get up every day and look yourself in the mirror and go. <laughs> This is going to be freaking awesome. That's right. Like that's, that's a haircut right. that takes some serious, yeah. serious like derangement. There's dedication to it. It takes like a year because you got to go in every time to get your haircut and be like, "Don't touch the don't. back. <laughs> don't, don't, don't touch the back. Stay away over from the, the ears back. and don't touch the back." Holy crap! It's, it takes it takes like a year to grow a good one. If you're uh, if you're a bald guy like me and you grow a mullet, it's called a skullet. A skeleton. A skeleton. It's a new name. A skull. <laughs> I haven't heard that before. <laughs> really awesome. I've never heard that. See, All what you, you do is you go it and a tramp stamp, and you're good to go. There you like go. a male tramp stamp? Well, oh if you grow, God. if you you see, what you'd have to do is grow your uh, mullet out in the back, your skullet, and then just wear like Kangol golfer caps or fedoras all the time. Oh wait, that's how you actually—that's actually, that's actually <laughs> it. That's the game. You've got it figured out. Here's my favorite line ever about about tramp stamps, or as we or or tastefully done back tattoos. Uh, TV show, New Adventures of Old Christine with, uh, what's her face? Julie Louis Yeah, thank you very much. And she said about a woman that, that they were having a double date that she said, uh, oh, are you, oh my God, she's so easy. And he goes, she is not. And he said, she is too. She has a tramp stamp that says, you're welcome. And I... <laughs> 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 and I thought that's good. When you think about it, the more you think about it, the funnier it is. Is she the person Julia Louis Dreyfus that has that came out of Seinfeld and is still able to be on TV? Yeah. and not be typecast as that character. Yes, not only that, but she is really iconically, historically speaking, one of the greatest female comedians of all time. She was on Saturday Night Live way before that. She was on Saturday Night Live, and she's been on like five different series. She's had three successful series. Her uh, New Adventures of Old Christine was like seven or eight years, and of course Seinfeld was Seinfeld, now she does Veep. But she's also won um, like five Emmys. She won the Emmy just again last year, and she's won. I think she's won more Emmys, I think maybe only Lucille Ball. Is one more Emmys than than she She's has. She's kind of in there with Tina Fey, but surpassed yeah. her. Yeah, really. Way. Well, when it comes to television, yes, yeah. Tina Fey's you know done great stuff, but uh, yeah, she's huge. She, and she's hilariously funny and smoking hot at like 51. Who's Agreed. that? Julie Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah, oh yeah. I think she looks better than she did when she was yes, on Seinfeld. Yes, she does. Yeah. She's oh, hot absolutely. as can be. All right. I'd let her make me a sack lunch. No Would problem. You? I don't see again. <laughs> Would you let her touch your mullet? I'm not going to ask. No, literally, like s- she's old enough to be my mom, so she can okay. make my lunch, so I can go. To I, I assume. <laughs> I assume that this in some way would involve your junk. This just again became such a dude show. You Thanks a lot, Gary. <laughs> you made this so dude tastic. Right? We're now. talking about women and empowering women. Empowered women. Empowered, intelligent. What was great? Women. What was great was you know she got um on uh, she got in trouble on Instagram. She did a cover for Rolling Stone where they made it look like she had the Constitution tattooed on her back. And it was the cover yeah, of Rolling Stone. Yeah, I remember Stone. that. And then as a joke, she took an old baby picture of her, like, running away naked. And she put that tattoo, had someone put that tattoo on her on her back. And she put it on Instagram to say, see, it's real. I've had it since birth. It was a birthmark. As a joke. <laughs> and Instagram banned her for inappropriate uh, nudity. You can't mess with America. No. <laughs> you can't mess with America. I don't know. It was because it was a little baby hiding. That's a sacred document. You know? Yes, it is. How many, how many celebrities have draped themselves naked in the American flag for the cover of Rolling Stone, and that's the thing that gets her banned off of Instagram? There have been quite a few. Yeah. What's her fate? I, I know Britney Spears was wearing red, white, and blue when she first went on when she was like 15 or 16, and there was a big hoopla about that. And uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that should be researched. To do that too. Somebody yeah. research that. All it's right. Good for marketing. Joining us today on the show, uh, the ever-popular Rob Mormon. Now, I met Rob uh, when I joined our local guild, and he was the president, uh, the first president, the first year I was there, he was the president the year the, after the that. Tampa Area Professional Photographers mm-hmm. Association. Right, and uh, great guy, friendly guy, and one of the things that Rob had told me uh, that when I joined, as a reason to join, was you once had uh, a robbery 
at your studio. I did, unfortunate, yeah. And and you, and you felt being a member of the organization was incredibly helpful to you. It, it was. You know, the family at Tampa, or TAPA as we call it, um, that's TAPA.org, by the way, for your photographers that are in the area. The um, organization, what happened was I had a big client. I had just landed it. It was a school portrait session, um, doing school portraits, yearbook picks, et cetera. And um, the day before I was scheduled to do this, 500 kids, first-time client, first time doing a school, all my equipment was gone. I busted in, got fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 worth of the most important gear I had. What TAPA did, I quickly went to TAPA's Facebook page, put out a message that I needed gear, and I had to stop the gear from coming in because I had so much gear. To me, that's family support. I kind of get emotional about it. Landed the client. Six, seven years, eight years, however long it's been later, right. I'm still shooting that client and doing very, very well with it. Otherwise, I would have lost it. Not only, so case. not only was it a big boon to you on, on that day, but when you look at over time, yes. that client, I mean, that was a, it could be a $50,000 help or more of people yeah. helping you out, you know, uh, helping you out because you would have lost a client otherwise. Exactly. And Rob's a guy that I was, I was driving back from a, a beach wedding. I was tired. It was late at night. I was tired. And I'm like, oh, call somebody to keep me awake. And I called Rob, and, and I didn't get it, and I got his voicemail, no big deal. And a few minutes later, he calls me back, and he goes, hey, what's up? And I said, nothing, I'm just driving back, and you know, I'm tired, I want somebody to talk to. And Rob said, well, I'm on vacation, and I normally don't answer my phone, but I called back in case it was a photography emergency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and it's funny, but it's also, I thought, wow, wow. That's, to have a network like that uh, of, of friends and other photographers, I think is very valuable. What I want to take from this is, how often are you calling Rob late at night to oh. just chat? <laughs> well... <laughs> Ever since he started wearing the Kangol hats. <laughs> it's, it sounds like one of those uh, Skinamax shows, you know, <laughs> late night road calls. That's right. <laughs> Listen, I will call. I have no problem. If I'm tired and I've got an hour drive, somebody's getting a call. I'm it's calling somebody. It's not because he's tired. It's the leopard, leopard print seat uh, Yes, that's uh, right. I have, if I well, now speak. that I know of, of the history of the mullet, it's, you're an even more attractive man to me now. Oh, right? I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> I just want to be clear. Rob doesn't actually have a mullet no, right now. but back in the day. Back but, in yeah. the day. Yeah, back absolutely. in the day. Uh, so the other thing is, um, you own a, a, you actually own a building, your freestanding studio, which it's it's odd now that when you when you talk about it, that's like a we almost, talked about that a lot. But it's also a rare from thing home versus having a brick and mortar yeah. studio. Yes, you have. But it's also a rare thing, you know. It used to be if you said somebody was a photographer, it was assumed that they had a studio. Sure. Yeah. And now it's like you actually have a studio. You're a photographer who actually has a studio. Now it's like an exception almost. Right. Yeah. And Rob, you, you do have a studio, and one of the things that I know that you talk about and that you teach about is doing everything. Not yes. being just wedding focused, not being just, we were just talking about this on a podcast not too long ago, and, and you're a guy who does everything, and I was just hoping that maybe you could just talk a little bit about, about, about how that works for you. Perfect. First of all, what I share, guys, is uh, it's important to me to share it to you, but it's also important for you to know that what I do may or may not work for your studio, but I can tell you right. that, having said that, being diversified allows me to stay busy as the seasons change. We do school portraiture. But we also do family portraits. So we're doing school yearbook pics, family portraits, architectural, food photography, commercial. Um, and basically, I always say if it's clean, honest, doesn't offend God, and they have a paycheck, I'm on my way. Right. It's basically shoot. a full-service studio. It is. Right? That's what it we is. call it now. It's a full-service studio, whereas you're not specialized in any particular area. No. And the way I looked at it was it's almost like a financial investment portfolio. If you had all your eggs in one basket and the market crashed, you've lost everything. Right. Sure. So when I did a lot of architectural photography, about 42%. When we had the crash not all that long ago, I lost 42% of my studio's income. So but, a lot. Yeah, a lot. It was <laughs> yeah. massive. Yeah. I looked around and went, where'd everybody go? 
So having said that, I realized that I would, could do portraiture. I'd always had done that. So I started chasing after small private schools, landed those jobs, and was able to replace that income. Let me ask you a question about that because here's the big thing to me about having a full-service studio, like a kind of a catch-all, we do everything. Um, how do you market to everything and everyone? Because if you're just a wedding photographer or you're just family portrait photographer or just architectural... Or God forbid, headshots. Or God forbid, headshots. <laughs> screw those guys. And you have a, uh, a whole... Uh, you have a very specific market. It's a much narrowed market, but you know who you're marketing to and you know where they are and you know where to go get them. But if you... Seems to me like if you do 20 different things or 10 different things or all the things, marketing is would almost be someone's constant job. And so how do you how do you work that? How do you market your business to everybody? And does has have you ever lost business by doing too many things? Uh sometimes I have, but not really often. Very, very seldom. I've been in business almost twenty one years now and I think maybe once I've got backed up with two different types. I find that the architectural client that I've shot for for over 14 years, I've also been doing their family portraits, and I just did her sister's wedding recently. It all compiles and lands on top of each other. People need photography, and they need our services, no matter what business they're in. Just because you're a builder doesn't mean you didn't have a brand new baby recently, like our buddy Gary, or you just didn't simply have um, you know, family need, or maybe your cousin owns a restaurant and they need food shots. Why would I say no to that? I don't want to turn down that income. I actually just so. turned down something recently. You did. First time I've really turned something away because uh, I felt like it was out of the focus of where my business is right now. Really? Yeah, I had a um, the sister of a bride who um, uh, of, of a former bride who is uh, having uh, getting married, and she wanted to do uh, boudoir portraits. Right. And so she's getting married in another state, has a photographer out there. And I refer them to another photographer in Central Florida as Boudoir because it's sort of not really yeah. my. I mean, I have done it, right? And I could. Yeah, totally if you, if there's one thing you're going to turn away, Boudoir should be it, right? I think Boudoir and Infant. Those are the two that when you're and thinking about. There's a, some things I'm going to cut out of my business. Boudoir and Infant, I would say, are the two, the first two to go. Who? But not everybody. You're thinking like just well, just that, guy photographers. I think. Well, guy photographers certainly. It's, it's harder to do is boudoir. Definitely a ladies' yeah, game it's, for it's, sure. It's tougher to do boudoir, but it's also Agreed. I think it's so specialized and so you and you can be a great photographer and totally screw up a boudoir. Yeah, session. I suck at it. Actually, yeah. I, I would be one area of photographer. Where I go like I get in the room and I go I just. I'm not really sure what to do. It's right. not really in my wheelhouse. So I could have taken that and probably made a sale out of it, but I didn't feel like I could do as good as some of the other colleagues in my area, so I sent it on. Well, you know what I did with my boudoir was I stopped doing studio boudoir. Uh, now I do uh, what I call a, a you-and-your-space boudoir. Only so naked outdoors do, Yes, boudoir. only naked outdoors <laughs> with a mullet. I only do boudoir. So now if someone wants boudoir, I'm like, yeah, I shoot boudoir in your home. So I so what I did was I took the skills I've developed uh, doing weddings and doing people getting ready and, and working in hotel rooms and working in that setting, and I just applied it a little bit to the boudoir. So I try and do it to where it's more of a, a naturalistic, you know, and I think it's sexier in, in many ways, too, for a husband to see pictures of his wife half naked on their bed than, you know, in a studio setting where it's, com it's kind of cold to me. She's sexy, but it's not realistic. It personalizes it. Yeah, it, it personalizes really you know, really you know, Have her, you know, walking into her back, you know, leaning in their mirror, putting the lipstick on and just a brassiere or whatever. That to, to me, I like that kind of picture. I, li I like the captured moment kind of boudoir more than I do the completely posed, exactly perfect well, boudoir. As, as a studio owner, I made a decision years ago. 
Um, I just don't do boudoir. I'm somewhat conservative, still fun, like to go out and live life, but I have a conservative studio. And uh, I know, I know. <laughs> but I work with my wife as well, and, and I just was uncomfortable doing it, so yeah. I didn't. But also, from a business perspective, yes, I shoot lots of photography, but I'm not jack-of-all-trades, master of none. I took one thing on at a time, portrait first. And that's what I went with, and I interned with uh, Bruce Evanson for many years to learn the art of portraiture. And now today, I've taken his traditional lighting and added it to a modern flair, style, and look. And then I added architectural to that. Someone approached me and said, can you do a home interior? I said, yes. I didn't know how to do well, that. Well, let me ask you about when you do a home Been interior. There. Do you do you light do you light the rooms? Do you you know how do you go about doing that? I'm a little old fashioned, but not because I don't understand how to do the HDR. I tried it HDR. I didn't like the final product. It was too crisp and too unreal to me. Right. And also to my client, I found it. Uh, I found it hard to uh, sell that. See, you go in there and you spend a half hour to an hour in the house, shoot tons of images, and make a bazillion layers per shot. But you're doing that at home behind your computer, and you're charging for that. The client can't see it. You but feel you feel that, that it's easier to justify your cost when they see you with tripods and lights. Exactly, okay. exactly. So I have a trailer, a 5 by 8 enclosed trailer in the back of my truck that is loaded down like a little mini grip truck full of equipment. Sometimes I get it all out. Sometimes I get one or two lights out. It really depends on the home. What I love about the challenge of architecture... Are you talking about interior or exterior or both? Both. So I, when you're doing exterior, you're setting up big lights to light the home. Sometimes. Depends on the home and the direction of the sun. I always try to shoot uh, uh, exteriors of a home with the light coming from behind me or at dusk. But a lot of times I'll pop a little bit of hint of fill in there because I feel that when the light hits the subject and bounces back, I'm getting better color mm -hmm. and a little more reflectivity in something instead of just a flat layer that's been added to layer after layer after layer. I want to go back a second. And I want to talk about the... Not um, back to the mullet. No. No. Oh, okay. No, no. the mullet's, mullet's not back. Uh, uh, never. never. Um, we were talking about, again, being diverse, and you said you used to do a lot more architectural photography before the crash. Now your business has evolved a little bit. But um, I have in, been in the situation sometimes where we shoot a lot of headshots for actors and models, um, and they'll come in and we'll do a headshot session, and then I'll see you know, a few months later, they're getting engaged and they hired another photographer. Now, uh, part of it is yeah. a marketing failure on me to follow up with I those I hate clients. those guys. But at the same time, it's like, <laughs> they didn't think of me. Right. They come into my studio, there's wedding stuff all over the place and they still like, because they go because in and like, right. I'm the headshot yeah, photographer. Right. And so, has that ever hurt you like that? Have you ever experienced that? Or are you, or what's your strategy to sort of, once you get somebody in your studio or you, as a client, what's your strategy to make sure that they know that you do all this other stuff too? A lot of times when I speak, I, I'm in a lot of networking groups and I'll speak and do a, uh, a presentation, a, a slide presentation, if you will, as old school people call it, um, really a PowerPoint. But having With said like an that, overhead projector? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> and transparencies? Uh, yeah, transparencies. No, no. It's all Half our audience does not know what that is. The no, transparency. You remember right. the transparency where the teacher hey, puts it there with the wax pencil? Anybody went to school pencil? in the 90s knows what that is. They, they still have them then? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Because now when you go into my kid's school, it's all a computer that just projects onto a, you know, and it's all very high tech now. It is high tech. Huh. And, you know, I'm just trying to be transparent here. Nobody. I mean, oh, what, let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Wow. This is supposed to be fun. Wow. Yeah. Oh, right over his head. Okay. Let me, right before before you continue this story, let me ask this sucks. question: What was the last generation to know what it what it smells like when you get a test that's freshly run off the copy machine? 
See, you probably don't know that. What are you talking about? Were you still using the ching 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 round ones? Jetsons? Well, no, but you grew up, you were in school in like the eighties and nineties, right? Before our time now. Yeah. I mean, I but you know what I'm talking about? The, the Flintstones. Ink. You're talking about the Flintstones. No, no, no. Right. I'm saying like I'm not from the future. Well, no, you but know? you're oh, young oh, oh. compared to me, and modern copy machines don't do that. But the old ones, that was a round cylinder. You see it in the teachers' lounge. When you got your paper, there was a smell to it. Oh, the whole room stunk. From yeah, the, oh, yeah, yeah. There was a smell. A new test. Matter of fact, you were buzzed. There was a movie that did it. I don't know if Ferris Bueller or something like that. I remember where they all got their test and they showed them all sniffing the paper. And I just yeah, wonder. Fast times at Ridgemont. When High did that stop? I have no idea. But did you have any of that when you I'm were I'm sure school? copiers were laser copiers by the time I was in high school. But there you know. go. You're the future in Jetsons. Uh, so us. do you really think the world's lost something I, because of that? I'm not, Are you really like, oh, it's woe me, is me. Just no. a free buzz, I think. It's Alas, a Babylon. We have yes. lost the old school stinky paper copiers. No, it's just, I'm, I'm ah, just curious. Dang. I'm just curious if your generation experienced it or if my generation was the last one to experience it. I, I can't it believe we just took two minutes of our show to how, talk about that. Really? Because this is the thing that we've wasted the most time on on our show? Rob, answer my question. Okay, go how ahead. Old are you? Okay, here's the deal. I'll answer the question. Forget what was the question? How does, he, how does he keep head. the clients? How does he keep Once the clients? Once a client comes into the studio, for one thing, how do you how do you make sure that they know that you do all these other things so you can parlay that into other areas of your practice? I show a plethora of work, whether it's on the walls in my studio or on my digital presence. So when you look at my images or when I speak and I do the uh, PowerPoint presentation, I don't show just portraiture. Or even if I am mixed, I don't do a block of portraiture, a block of homes, a block of whatever. I mix it so you'll see a bridal shot, an architectural shot, a food shot, a newborn shot, a family portrait, back to a bridal or whatever. And I mix it. And every time I show it, it gets ingrained into their head that we can do that. I believe that I'm a full-service photography studio. And if I can't do it because of my relationship with uh, other photographers in the organizations we're in, I can get the job done. So that's how I do that. But over and over and over again, ingraining in their head that we do more by showing everything that you do. You know what I would. You know what I would like to also because I don't know if this has ever happened to me, but I would be curious if anyone has ever had it happen to them where someone comes to them for a job or something and, and they can't do it because they're booked or it's not in their wheelhouse. And because they've got a network, they say, I've got somebody else who can do it, and they send it. And then that client still comes back to them for everything. You know what I mean? Because there's always that fear. If you recommend somebody else to one of your clients, you're never going to see that client again. And I wonder, you know, because I can't think of any client. I've Because mine are mostly weddings. And if I send someone out to someone else for a wedding because I'm booked, I never see them again because it's a wedding client. Unless they get divorced and come back to you because the other photographer they, was clearly bad luck. Yes, exactly. But you know what I'm saying? I, 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 but Rob, do you, have you had that happen where, you know, where you've got a client who comes to you for, for a couple of things and then you're like, you know what, I need to send you to somebody else. Let me refer somebody. But they still stay your client? How, how I thwart that, I haven't had it happen because I do something to thwart I just it. want to say that Bobby's used the word plethora and thwart. Both I, I'm trying to last, sound like a last big dog, you know. As I if, almost said tutelage earlier he has a, when he was talking <laughs> he about Bruce Evanson, but I thought it might be too aloof. <laughs> See, a, I just said tutelage and aloof. I, I'm aloof. trying to push the uh, mullet <laughs> in the back of people's minds. He has a so plethora of pinatas. <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> I don't even know what I was saying now. It's gone. <laughs> Could it be that you are mad at something else? Uh, <laughs> you, were saying, you were saying that you thwart the whole sending someone off oh, to another uh, Yeah, because I'll keep it under my name, but I only do that with people I know. Oh, well, that's when you bring somebody so into work for you. If I had a That's wedding different. that I couldn't do anymore, I would call maybe Boo Ray Perry or Gary Hughes or right. one of the guys. And I would shoot for you there, that Carol day. Carol Walker. I've actually worked for one of your clients, I think. Yes, you have, yeah. actually. 
and I'll keep it under a Mormon photo, make a little bit on it, so that when they go back to their paperwork or the emails or whatever, it says Mormon photographic. Right, on Mormon it, and photo. They'll come okay. Back, so. All right, fantastic. Now, <clears throat> another thing we talked about quite a bit on this show. You work with your wife, am I right? I thought you were going to say boobs. I do. No, we weren't going to talk about boobs. Oh. We have to. We talk about that off the you show. You did that last one, and I yeah. listened to it twice. But so. you work. Uh, you work with your wife uh, every day, right? You guys are very closely. She works in the studio with you, am I right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, now, talk a little bit about that. Is she a photographer? Or does she just handle one side of the business, and you handle the other side? What's the What's the Actually, synergy? Actually, we we split our duties. Tina has a great history. First of all, she has a degree in fine art from Florida State, so she's a very creative. Person. Wait, 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 wait. The women are much better mm-hmm. educated. I've oh, noticed. Absolutely. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Have you noticed yeah, I was just stopping to yes. say that. Like, how come all of the yeah. women of the photographer couples that we know, the women right. are the educated ones? Kay Newsom is the one that has a degree in Kay photography. News- Julie is the one that has degrees, and Tina. Yep. Well, behind every successful man's a really busy woman. Yes. I can tell you the A facts. smart woman, apparently. Yes. Yeah, all right. So, so go ahead. So anyhow, Tina also, believe it or not, this is a side note, after getting out of art school, wanted to make uh, metal sculpture. So she went to Votech in St. Pete and got a two-year vocational degree in welding and won some awards while she was doing it. She's so, a welder. Yes. She's a maniac. She's a maniac. <laughs> First I of all, it. I would just like to say your wife just became more awesome than yes, you. Like, she's very I, awesome now. It's not hard to do. I can I, tell you Does that. she very fix all awesome. the stuff around the house? Yes, she does. Uh. She fixes our sprinkler system. <laughs> oh, Listen, yeah. I said I'm not going to marry you unless you can fix my boat trailer, so she took a welding <laughs> class. Whoa. Oh, you know? uh, what was That's that? Awesome. Oh, I was just reading in uh, We read to Ellie every night before we put her to bed and it's where the sidewalk ends have you ever read that it's right. a collection of poems and stuff and one of them is it's like if I get married I want a wife that does this and this and can cook and can clean a bed and then the, the, the last line is wait where are you going <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's fantastic that's so so she's educated yeah now to tell you what she does at the studio Tina's kind of a manager I, I'm blessed to have her to be seriously honest with you what we do is I worked alone for a long time back in the film days alone. oddly enough but the problem was you can't do it all and make more money no. I have a lot of friends that work by themselves I don't mind that they work from home or whatever all, all that stuff doesn't bother me but they seem to say my business can't grow well you spend all these hours editing which has to be done but what have you done today to sell your business promote your business and find a new client you didn't you sat at the computer all day and you shoot one wedding a week I'm busy so what I'll do is shoot a job hand it to Tina she's the master editor in the studio and she'll edit the images color correct crop do all the views Get them out to the lab. We use Reedy Photo Processing for quite a while. You know, there are more modern labs, but Reedy's got great service, and they're in my backyard. If I have a problem, I can right. drive over there. You drive over there and light the place that. on fire if that's they make right. you mad. Say, hey, what's yeah. the deal? Sorry, Deb. So, that's right. Deb, what's the deal? Anyhow, and Stan, too. So having said that, Tina takes care of the back end. While she's doing that, I'm flipping another job. Don't go there. Look at the look on his <laughs> face. You guys can't see his face. You can't see his face. Right there. Not even right close. There. <laughs> One of those moments where Boo Ray and I just looked right oh, at each other. I Listen, realized yeah, I said yeah, the wrong say, Rob, thing. Is, Rob is a good, God-fearing, like, ordained <laughs> minister guy. So, you know, when he tells his wife takes care of the back end, I cannot. Dude, I'm seriously, <laughs> like, you and I looked at each other. My first thought was, who's going to say it? <laughs> like, you no, I'm me. not saying a word. You're me. I out of realized, respect for Tina. I realized what So I your said wife takes care of her back end. Yes, she does. That's what she said. And All it, right. it's allowed us to flip more jobs faster. It really has. <laughs> okay. So, and I have an office manager who happens to be my sister, Kelly. Kelly handles my schedule, and I'm still laughing about the other thing. So there's um, flipping of yes. the jobs, and then there's the taking care of the back end. That's exactly right. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tina. Oh, oh, okay, boy. no, seriously, though. Here's another thing. I don't know anyone who markets and networks 
as much as you do. Well, you said a minute ago, you said in one of these several networking yes. groups that I'm in. So it must be a full-time job to me. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that networking groups and what that's done for you. I love the idea of just a quick thing on how you're bringing business into your studio and you have touched on networking groups and to some of us in the younger generation it seems like a sort of old school way to do things. It is, but it still works. One of the things I'll tell you, we do search engine optimization. I pay people to take care of all of that for me. We're all over the internet. I'm doing all the modern things, but I can tell you, at least in my experience, what I see works first and best is a handshake networking group face-to-face. Personal connection always. Always. Most valuable. Always. It blows away any of that other stuff, and it seems like you get stronger, better, healthier clients, and what I mean by that is someone that has discretionary income that's going to spend at a portrait studio or a corporation that's in need, and it's a warmed-up call. Everybody you meet in a networking group knows at least 200 people, and because of that, the networking groups I'm in, those people become my sales force. And all they have to do, my chiropractor, he's, he's in the networking group and he's working on someone and she's talking about planning her wedding. All he has to say is, you know, I have lunch with a great wedding photographer every Tuesday. Let me give you his card. I really recommend him. And he does recommend me because he came to me for his business headshots. He's been to my studio. He's seen our facility. So he knows he can trust us as well. Do you well, think there's something to be said for if, if somebody gets up, goes, puts on a suit, goes to a meeting and commits to do, and that's the person who's more serious about their business. I think so. I, yeah, you, know? you you meet that guy, and you know this is this is not somebody who's going to next week be in a different job track. This right. is somebody who's serious about having a business. And if I send, if I recommend them, I'm going to be a little more comfortable recommending that person. I think, as opposed to, well, just pick somebody out on the web. Well, and the, and, 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 and and that's funny because I'm not a networker. Okay. I mean, I'm really... Yeah, I, I'm a find everything I, on the internet. Yeah, I'm an internet kind of guy, too. But uh, I had a bar mitzvah this last weekend when I first started out like five years ago. You had your bar mitzvah ago. finally? Mazel tov. <laughs> hey, Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Did you have a photo booth? Yeah, uh, yeah I do. <laughs> did you have a good DJ? Yeah, I did. Oh, that's it was great. My, the DJ. You think the DJ, it was his 800th bar mitzvah. Jeez wow. Louise. 800th bar mitzvah. He's a guy DJ. to know. No, that's yeah. a lot of Jews. Right yeah. there. Yeah. That's, <laughs> a, that's a lot of Jews. But you know what? Right there's an example of networking. You want to network with that guy because damn right. he has got damn a right huge network of people that do a right. lot of business. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but no I the, the planner who did that sent, was the one who sent the client to me, and I met her about five years ago. When I was first starting out. I didn't know anybody, and I joined the National Association of Catering Executives, and so I would go to their meetings every month, which was a bunch of cater- half the room was caterers, and the other half of the room were people trying to get business from the caterers. And I met her there, and then I went to see her at her office one day, and took her an album and just talked to her, and that was enough. And then she recommended me for a job, and I did that job. And since then, I've probably gotten five, six jobs from her. And had I not made that effort to go out and meet her face-to-face, I never would have known her, never would have gotten the work. It's important to build relationships. That's what it's about. You build relationship, you build trust, and then the referrals will come because of that. And strangely enough, you give referrals, and they come from somewhere else. I don't know. It just happens. Right. So I, would, I recommend it a lot. The younger generation, everything's online. I'm not against that. I use it, and I do get work from it. Here's the biggest marketing tip I can tell you. There isn't any one form of marketing that gets people to just flood into your business. It doesn't happen. It's a trickling effect from everything that you do that builds a large amount. But then it's quality, consistency, and service that brings them back. And having an excellent haircut. Yes. (laughs) A skullet. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that's a lot of really good information, something we actually never talked about. No, and I knew Rob would be great for that because I know he's such a huge networker. I mean, I don't know anybody who does as much marketing as you do. You're really, really into marketing. And 21 years with a freestanding studio, I mean, that speaks for itself. 
it's hard to have a freestanding studio, I think. I want to touch on that real quick because we are running out of time. But when you say freestanding studio, you got like a brick and mortar freestanding building. Are you in a shopping plaza? I uh, have a. It's actually a freestanding building. It was a duplex at one time, but someone before me changed the zoning on it. And a, a magazine called Ultra Flight Magazine, experimental airplanes and such. I used to shoot for them. Owned it. I bought it from them. So and, you uh, bought the building that you're yes. still using. How's that been for your business? That's what I wanted to touch on. As an investment, as, a, as something for your business, do you feel like buying something was the right way to go? I do feel it was the right way to go because it's also part of a retirement. I'm 49 years old, not old enough to retire, but at some point I'll have this building that I can lease out to another small business, maybe sell my photography studio at that point to someone that can stay in there. I can earn income off of that building and, there's and not no, have to work. there's no pension plan for photographers. No, When you're employed. Self-employed. Self-employed. Right. So, right. you know, properties and things like that can be something that, you know, uh, a friend of ours, uh, Pete Berg in, uh, in Orlando is retiring, and he's had a building that they, him and his wife with their studio they bought like 25 years ago, and it's been paid for for ages, and, right. and that's a great, you know, retirement vehicle for them. And on that note, I am we are going to get – our a financial guy to come in and do a cool thing on like how to uh, you know be able to retire as a photographer. You know, <laughs> <laughs> do they retire? Just kidding. That'll be a funny Just show. No oh, retire as a photographer. <laughs> All you need is your finger to still work and one good that's eye. That's right. That's, it. that's right. Yeah. If you're still in business. You can no, shoot the, from the wheelchair. My the, dad is 74 and still shoots every day. There you go. That's yeah. Awesome. There you go. Oh, well, awesome. All right. I think that's about it for today, right? Yeah. We got any announcements? Uh, let's see. I don't know if this podcast will air in time for me to tell you that I will not be speaking in June at the South Carolina school, as previously said, because Aww. the South Carolina school has been canceled, apparently. Uh. <laughs> I have to say that. Not because of me. Uh, I don't know the situation. I just know that there was one of those cryptic emails that I received saying that the uh, school had been canceled. You had nothing to do with it? I had not, As far as I know, I had nothing <laughs> to do with it. I wasn't the only person who was speaking, and I was the last ad uh, to the uh, to the school. That's a shame. I hate yeah, to see is. that yeah. happen, man. But I, was, I was looking forward to it, but, uh, but no, I won't be speaking in South Carolina. So you can still come and uh, see Gary speak if this airs before you actually teach at Florida School. Actually, this episode will come out the last day of my Florida school class. Oh, so, so never mind. Right so now, as this episode's <laughs> out, I'm, I'm teaching right now That's live right. That's right. in Daytona Beach. So, And uh, we have a great class coming, and I'm really excited. Uh, I'm already in touch with the people that are going to be in the class. But after that, coming up, uh, I have some really big news. I just signed on to do a two-day class for Creative Live. Hey, congratulations. Fantastic. Really congratulations. cool. Congratulations. This will be your second time on Creative may, Live. Yeah, my first time was on Photo Week last year. And uh, this time I get two whole days, and it's all going to be on uh, corporate headshots. It's a really cool business, how to build a cultivated business and how to shoot business headshots. So it would be really, really awesome. That's August 10th and 11th, I think. Okay. And then August uh, 29th, 30th, and 31st is Focus 2015. That is a convention of the Florida Professional Photographers. And um, I'll be there. Yes, that schedule has been announced, and I'm going to be speaking there, doing a headshot program live, hands-on shooting headshot class. And you can get all the information on that on www.areyouinfocus.com. And I just want to point out once again that I will not be doing anything at all, anywhere, anytime in the foreseeable future. <laughs> Gary is doing everything. Gary's speaking everywhere and teaching because Gary's what you call a hustler. Gary goes out and gets people. Gary meets people. He markets with people. I stay home on my couch watching Game of Thrones and don't reach out to anyone. And as a result, I never go speak. With your little foot warming. Yes, uh, my little blanket. foot warming pad. It's not true. <laughs> 
<laughs> I will be at Focus, but mostly to drink. Yeah, we'll be there. Yeah, there's All a right. bar in the lobby. Uh, that's where we'll be. That's where we'll be. Mm-hmm. All right, wrapping it up. Uh, don't be sure. Be sure and check us out online at photopompodcast.com. You can check out Gary at Hughes Ferrietti Photography. <laughs> can never say it. <laughs> Easy for you to say. Uh, I need something to that's drink. HughesFiorietti.com. And before uh, we wrap up, wrap up. Thank you, Rob, for being here. Yes, thank, thank you. you. And, and your website is uh, Mormonphoto.com. M O O R M A N. Photo.com. M O O R M A N. Yes. <coughs> Photo.com. Correct. Right. And Bure Perry. Bure <laughs> I can't. I'm scared to say my own name now. Uh, and of course, the podcast is available anywhere that podcasts are heard. And that's it for us. See you next time. Don't forget to visit our website, photobombpodcast.com, and send all your questions and comments into questions at photobombpodcast.com. Yes. We are out of here. Mm-hmm.